Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is Midweek Podcast, and we're in week four now, Charlie. And there's a lot of winners and a lot of losers. Yeah, there are. We got a lot to talk about today, though. We do, and we're first going to talk about Florida State at Wake Forest. That's We're going to break down two series here first. And I know you said we got a lot of talk to uh, talk about. What was your reaction after this weekend series? Well, I was glad I was right about FSU taking the series. Um, I don't look at this. So, as I just said, Florida took two or three. I don't really look at this as much of a loss for Wake. Now, they weren't on their best, but Friday, they still got – if you get three runs off Parker Messick, that's always a good day, especially a win against him. Like, right louder, like, was kind of sketchy times, but it was impressive to see the youngster um, kind of buckle down and pull his bootstraps up and kind of ball out at the end. And plus, on Friday, dude um, – Danny Corona. I'm a big Danny Corona guy now after watching him. Like I love love how he's built up playing second base as a freshman. Like they were talking about the, on the um broadcast. He was 19th rounder out of high school. He looks the part. He was looking good defensively. Uh dude blasted two home runs on Friday, the solo and a three-runner, and then he had a single in right field. Like I was impressed by it. He had a hell of a game. Wanna know what else was impressive? What? Is what transpired for this Florida State team. Coming up on the first game Sunday, uh, on the mound. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm a big Ross Dunn fan as anybody, but uh, seven innings and 14 Ks against Wake, he yeah. was really good. I mean, that that helped him get. I mean, Wake's a formidable opponent. You get to conference play, you drop the Friday game, yeah. like. And then you turn around and take the next two. I mean, that was really impressive for them to uh, get both wins on Sunday. I mean, Wake, uh, it was a battle, and it's always hard after you lose that first game. But Ross Dunn said, uh, the buck stops with me, and uh, he shoved that first game on Sunday. Uh, yeah, Dunn was um, lights out. Uh, that, well, the first two innings, he was kind of rough. He threw almost 50 pitches back to that. He was like 13 to 15 the whole time, just ripping dudes up left and right. Like, like I have, I took like stats on him. Well, he had one, two, three, four, five, five different times where uh, he struck out multiple batters in a row. Like, that's dominance right there. His stuff looked nasty. The Vila did taper a little at the very end of the game, but he was sitting comfortably mid-90s through, like, almost six. Like, he looked good. I was – especially considering – he did look like – he walked through, but he cleaned it up later on. Like, I was, I was very impressed by Ross Dunn. I was very, very impressive. And that's a guy now we talk about the rotation. You talked about Parker Messick. You talk about Bryce Hubbard. A guy you might, I, 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 you might like him, right? You might be a fan I'm, of his. I'm a big fan of him. And, <laughs> and it, it was a case of being a good pitcher, not having your best command. Um, as we transition to that final game of the weekend, he went five and two thirds. He only allowed one hit in one run. You said, hey, that's pretty good. Nine strikeouts. He did have five walks. That was brutal. And, and that and that was a kind of a case of he didn't have his best command. He's typically yeah. a guy that's going to see some of your best strikeout to walk stuff in the whole country. I mean, you're talking 
10 to 15 strikeouts to one to two walks on a consistent basis. But even for him to scatter those five walks and still just allow one run and one hit, I mean, he was pretty big. He improves to four and O for whatever that's worth on the mound through four weeks of pitching on the rotation for the Seminoles. So that's pretty good. But these three lefties are pretty impressive in the weekend rotation for Florida state. It's kind of interesting. Do you think that can kind of make them vulnerable when they, they run into some right-handed heavy hitting lineups that like to Mac on those lefties? I don't know, but it certainly worked uh, in their favor here up coming up against wake forest and even a, a pretty formidable lineup. I mean, Brock Wilkin goes hitless in that final game of the week. And, you know, he's a guy that licks his chops uh, uh, to square up some base. Baseball. So it was certainly a good series win, but probably a series that you should expect Florida State to win because of the prestige that they have. Their starting pitching is good. And as far as they go is as far as that starting pitching is going to take them. Yeah, I, I do agree. Like you said, it's a really good series win. Like Wake's a very good team, especially when winning getting that series and in Wake Forest too, not at home at FSU. Um, yeah, you saw us about Hubbard. Like, yeah, it was definitely not Hubbard's best stuff. But um, what was impressive, and I think kind of the, I guess more or less the theme of throughout the whole weekend for those FSU three starters is none of them really like looked great early on in the game. So they all kind of buckled down, adjusted, like figured out, like, yeah, like Hubbard with five walks, like you, that really doesn't play considering he had two going into the that series and walk almost, over double, almost uh, tripling his walk total overall. Like he was missing outside with the curveball all day, but he got the job done, like you said. Um, also, shout out to uh, Jonas Scalara, who came in through three and a third in that Hubbard game. Only allowed two hits, three Ks, no walks, no runs. Like He was That's good. That's why they won. It was very good. Um, I mean, it also, was a one-run win. And yeah. Like 3-2 on that second. Well, no, 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 no. no. Uh, this 3-2 was the um, – that was – that was the – that was Ross Dunn's game. FSU won 5-1 for Hubbard because Jaime um, – Jaime Ferrer went crazy, bro. He had a double, a single, double, and then a double again. 3-2 was the Hubbard game. I don't think it was. It was definitely 5-1. I promise. No way, Jose. Uh -uh. <laughs> no way. Uh-uh. No, no I'm a big fan I of Danny Curano, too. He, uh, Danny is nasty. The way he plays the game is pretty yeah. nice. Yeah, three twos Ross done. It's the last game. Not according to Seminole.com. I'm, I'm on Seminole Base. I'm on Seminole Baseball right now. Seminole Baseball. They weren't the last. Seminole Baseball. Oh, what the f I'm so confused now. Okay, maybe I maybe I why do I okay, either way, yeah. Maybe you're right, I guess. This is what the hell? Yeah, they switched around. Well, it doesn't they matter. They played on ACC Network Extra on Friday. Bally Sports, yeah. the first game Sunday, but then the third game Sunday was back on ACC There's Extra. No third game Sunday. Oh, either way. The third game. Yes, I'm aware. Which was the second game on Sunday. Yes, and that was Ross Dunn throwing. I know it's like the old man saying the, looking, the technology's wrong, but I promise I'm right on this one. It, it doesn't matter in the end. You're saying that the – am I – so my eyes are working right now. Yes. Yes, your eyes are working. The 3-2 win for was, Florida State, and it says was, Bryce Hubbard went five and two-thirds, but that, you're saying, is incorrect. 
no wait yeah yeah because they only give it because so i'm looking because i have the stats i was watching the game with myself i took my own stats on hover gave up with the one run okay jackson baumeister throws technically no innings he didn't get it out when he's relieving price hubbard in the sixth inning because hubbard went five and two thirds scolaro comes in nowhere and runs at all the three two was florida state with ross Dunn right. because Ro- so the Brock website hit the t- is wrong yeah yeah, old man, I got it right. I'm telling you, man, because uh, Brock Wilkin hit an absolute tank shot to run homer in that last game on Sunday. And he also got kicked out of that game, too, which was kind of crazy because I don't know. Like, he like just kind of sets him to the ump. Like, I guess I don't think Wake was really loving the ump's zone. I didn't think it was that bad. Now, it's been a couple of days since that happened, but it was odd. Like, Wilkin like, said one thing in the ump's like, you're out of here, pal. It was kind of odd. So that is what confused me this entire series breakdown now because because you thought Ross went second Ross Dunn went second but here on the website yeah uh I'm a I'm a victim to being out of town Charlie it's okay it's okay you know what we'll we'll chalk it we'll blame uh the SID at Florida State we'll blame them yeah her let's let's blame sports information directors that's my exactly we love SIDs though shout out to the SIDs (laughs) unsung heroes so so if if, for the people still that listen through that chaos Florida (laughs) State takes a two of three against Wake you had three lefties go Ross Dunn and Bryce Hubbard go on Sunday. Both uh, solid Rostan, obviously pretty good. You had Hubbard, a uh, little bit of command issues, but still got the job done. Exactly. If Wilkin hit a bomb, he gets kicked out. But overall, it's a series victory. Absolutely. And Jaime, Jaime Ferrer was fantastic on that Hubbard game. Three doubles and a single is a really weird stat line for a game. But it's a good one. But it's, it's a weird a great one. one. It's great. It's very <laughs> strange. Because Logan Three Lacey doubles. also – because Lacey had seven total, two doubles. You got seven total bases in a game, Chuck. Yeah, that plays. I'm not saying it doesn't play. All right, should we move on to the other one? I feel like we've talked plenty about old FSU and Wake Forest. Yeah, probably too much. But They don't yeah, want to hear us rambling on. as much anymore. Well, I, this is a series that I want to talk about even more. Notre Dame and NC State. And how about those fighting Irish? You know, I – don't like I don't like Notre Dame football. I don't like Notre Dame basketball, but I sure do like Notre Dame baseball. Why? Oh, uh, the for football that was just because they oh wait like when they sucked like back like when we were younger. So not like really I guess Brian Kelly like early days maybe like before that too. I just I don't know everybody. Everybody know that's a Notre Dame fan is just Irish and didn't never went to Notre Dame. And I think it's crazy they all root for him. That's really what it boils down to. I hate Notre Dame too, like for football, because they're never, they always overrated. Well, yeah, they always start the year five and oh, six and oh, and they're going to be in the top 25 no matter what. Like it would be like Purdue being ranked right now. They're always going to be ranked when they are in like the five and oh, six and oh, and they haven't played a soul. Then they lose. They're the Dallas Cowboys. Then they lose to Cincinnati and they're still like, loved on yeah and it's like man whatever but the dallas cowboys of football college football but for notre dame baseball they got a big series victory too legit too legit i mean against your favorite player in the whole whole wide world who tommy or now i haven't heard of much tommy conversation the last couple weeks yeah no i mean I, i love tommy i don't know if he's my favorite um he did have two hits though on I think Friday, yeah, right. Um, yeah, he went two for six with 
Uh, three strikeouts ain't great, but you know, you count for two runs. Um, I will say, I didn't get to watch the whole game. It's I caught like the end of it. Like Chris Villeman gets the loss for NC State, but that dude was shoving late. Like hats off to Chris Villeman. I know he gave up two runs. Like on the box score doesn't look great, but he really was doing well. But Notre Dame just clutched up, man. Notre Dame. Jack, I mean, Jack Brannigan, is... baby. Jack Brannigan came up big. I mean, what is he about a hundred? He's about ninety-eight. Yeah, he's, he's you know he's almost turn of the century. He, he probably uh, hung out Jesus Christ when he was alive too. You know, he's he he's a gas man. Indeed. But Eleven and one overall. They've won nine games in a row, Charlie. Yep. And we, can we call this a sweep? How about a dust? Let's call it because it's only two games. It's a dust. A dust, yeah, a dust pan. It's a dust got pan. Canceled on the yeah. Saturday because of weather. Absolutely. Uh, so they kind of just vacuumed. No, yeah, exactly. I think uh, vacuum would be four game. Sweep is three game. A dusting, a clean. So but wait, kinda, wait. Question then. What would a mop be? Would a mop be two, or is that a mop even like? Oh, you because like mop the floor with them. That's a pretty aggressive statement, you know. I, I think the scale has to go if if we take all these terms, dusting in, in chronological order. Right, we got dusting and then mopping, it, or dusting, sweeping, mopping, and then vacuuming. You put a team in a vacuum if you could take four. Yeah. Okay. Vacuum's four. So then, a, but a sweep's three. A sweep has to be three. Sweep's three, right? Okay. Then, then fine. We'll make mopping two and zero. Oh, so Notre Dame they mopped them up. They mopped NC State. Uh, dusting, How about like dusting is dusting is mid. Yeah, it's a midweek shutout, or winning by like I don't know something plus. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm with that. But All right, yeah. they they do, do take two games against number seventeen NC State Notre oh, Dame. Um, has looked really good to start the year, and that's big time stuff. I think that's a perfect uh, fit way to talk about at least the opening game of this series that went to the twelfth inning, and then they end up winning eight to four in Raleigh, North Carolina. I mean, that it was, was a pissing rain for a little bit too. Yeah, it was. It was really all over the country. I mean, oh, terrible! Lot, so many a lot of games got canceled this past weekend, or looks terrible because you had guys trying to throw baseballs and pouring down snow. Yeah. But, it's like Hoth. It's crazy. But then they went 11, four on the Sunday. I wonder if that whole team got a day rest. Uh, they were just chilling in the hotel in Raleigh on Saturday. Yeah, uh, they're feeling good. And then they uh, have a happy, happy flight home after absolutely. they've now won and they... nine consecutive games. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's big-time stuff. They start 2-0 and in conference play versus probably their top competitor for the conference. You know, this is big. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't really have a ton on this series. Like, Notre Dame just looked really good. Like, they clutched up Saturday on Friday. So, that, you know, it could have it could have gone either way. But in the end, you put up four runs and extras. Like, that's going to play every day, every day of the week for sure. And then they just – handily beat them on Sunday, 11 to four Carter putts was good. He had three hits with two RBIs. Like um, Notre Dame's legit, man. Uh, Like we talked about, I remember talking about like saying, like, Hey, can they hit still again? Like they did last year. Like they're showing they can. Yep. Let's not talk about them anymore though. Cause I have them um, in our next segment. And okay. Speaking of that uh, winners good. and losers, let's alternate first to give me your first winner. Well, well, 
it wouldn't be a podcast that would make me a cock reference. Now I'm going to talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks sweeping Texas and a massive series win. Like South Carolina, they bounced back from getting from uh, getting swept from by Clemson, their rival last weekend, to sweeping the number one team in the nation the next weekend. Granted, there's no Tanner Witt. We'll talk about that later too, but really good showing from them overall. I mean, South Carolina does some pretty pretty good stuff. I I'd mean, say so. I, I mean, I had them a part of my winners. I think this is a perfect time yeah. to rotate to your boy. And, I mean, you you look at what they're able to do. It's just such big-time stuff in the pitching rotation. And I kind of just did an ultimate tease, speaking of my weekend rotation coming up later in the show. However, my winner – is Dallas Baptist uh, sweeping Southern Mississippi, outscored them 15-4 to during the weekend at home. This was a team that lost to SEMO to open up the year, and they had some questionable midweek losses despite good teams that were ranked Oklahoma, Texas Tech-type teams. And then they come out versus a hot Southern Mississippi team and – get the sweep in emphatic and convincing fashion. So I got DBU as a team. That's a winner for me. They got to be back on your guys' radar now. They're always Absolutely. a formidable force. What's got my guy on Chuck Cheese and Elite, my right fielder, Jace Grady. Oh, yeah. And uh, you mentioned uh, – we don't have either – we don't have this team either, but you just mentioned like SEMO's a team that could easily have been in the winners. They're on fire right now, man. I think they've almost set – they might be like a 9 or 11 game win streak at this point, though. Seamus looking good. They're a good baseball team. But speaking of winning streaks, my next winner, and there's now only one left in the nation, Purdue Boilermakers are now the only unbeaten team left. Now, have they played the best competition? No, but they're undefeated, so I give them props for it. They're deserving recognition especially. because we Maybe we were sleeping on them a little bit. I didn't have super high ups for Purdue coming into this year. I think they'll, they're not going to remain undefeated the rest of the year. That would be insane. But good for, good for Purdue. Got to give them their flowers where it's at. Absolutely. And then for my next winner, it's a uh, Texas state. I know you talked <laughs> about Texas longhorns and when you horn down, baby, Texas state is 14 and three. They had Tristan Stivers do the horns down after they took the second of the day. That was electric. That was fantastic. That was all over. And, I, mean, I love 14 it. and three. They're legit. They, they took are. two or three from Arizona earlier this year. They did. The, the Bob, the Bobcats are legit. They swept Southern this past weekend. They swept Ohio State earlier this year. Texas State is a good team and a big winner for Tristan Stivers for the Horns Down. That was yeah, Tristan Stivers. That was great, man. I, I think every single baseball account I follow is posting about it. That was that was that was that was, um Fitz, you know, you know Fitz, her old teammate. Fitz texted me he's like that's that was that was playoff atmosphere right there. I'm like, yeah, it absolutely was. That was fan, that was awesome. It was electric for sure. Yeah. All right, so I'm up, I'm up I'm up again, right? You're up to the point. Correction first. Will has pointed this out to me on our paper too. I misspoke. South Carolina takes two or three from Texas, but still nonetheless a series win against number one in the country is gonna play all day or all week. But my last winner. Another team that's that keeps rolling, keeps chugging along, a team that you and I are both getting more familiar with, that's Virginia. They take another series win against a good Duke baseball team. Virginia is now on the season 
14 and one. Um, yeah, there's like Jake Jeloff's crazy. The whole squad's going crazy. Uh, Nate Severino is fantastic once again. Like Virginia is just awesome. They are. There's really nothing going wrong for them at this point. Savano. Yeah. Savino. Savano. What? I don't know. But the good thing about the good thing about Virginia is that they have the sickest like athletic website. Like I know we talked about SIDs. It's a good um, one. You can Savino. That's how you say. Yeah. It. And literally, I found that out by just clicking on his name on their website. Like it's sick. oh yeah, the ear thing. I love yes. when school like Texas does that too. That that's such a lifesaver. I should have used it, but you know, nonetheless. I mean that. I mean, you got it. And yeah. he's a beast. And obviously, Yaloff. I figured Baller. that. I figured that out. He <laughs> is a beast, leading the nation in slugging. He's a a guy I want to talk about a little bit later on too. And then my oh, next yeah. winner, my third one, I've gone with DBU in Texas State. My third one, a team we already talked about from the jump, and that is Notre Dame. Jack Brannigan, give me a hundred miles per hour. Get a two to nothing win over NC State. A two to nothing series sweep or dusting. So maybe <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> No, it's mopping. Well, come on now. Mopping. Dustin's the know, shutout midway. I completely botched all the words we okay. spent like minutes talking about. But we'll come, we'll come up. Your, that could be one of your losers, but now go to your losers. Absolutely. I'll say, well, you know, we could always just make a uh, midweek uh, dictionary too. We might start doing that at this point. Midweek dictionary. I like it. My first loser, and it, it, I really should word it, is um, it's everybody, all the baseball fans. And that's us losing aces left and right right now. Landon Sims, we got the news finally that he is out for the year, unfortunately. I think it's a UCL injury. We know Luis Ramirez at Long Beach Stage is, is going to be out, I think, I think for at least a month. It might be more. I don't know exactly. And then Tanner Witt is another one that's out for the year, which you know, Will, how I feel about Tanner Witt. So that really rips my heart out. But it is what it is. It sucks. It's terrible for the fans. But, you know, things happen. Like, you know, there's never been a, a – uh, a season where no one, like, no big name has never gotten hurt. It, it got to roll with the punches, man. Got to roll with the punches. Got to see where guys step up now for but two teams, especially Mississippi State, who's been sliding all year. No, exactly. I mean, injuries upon in. I think that was the first thing I noticed, like, coming out of this week. I mean, you you had Sims. That was an ultimate gut punch to the whole oh country. Special, I mean – you saw Tanner Witt and the number one, the big reason why they're number one is because a third, 33% of their weekend rotation was amazing. And with him, along with the other 66.7%, that was incredible as well. And Absolutely. so when you lose a big chunk of that, it sucks. And then Luis Ramirez, oh my gosh. That one hurts you, I know. No, all of them. They're all three, yeah. like you said, aces. Man, I mean, they're not. Tanner Witt is an ace on most teams, but I mean, it's just unbelievable. Aces or not, those are so, all three some of the best pitchers in the country. Anyway, you slice in, sucks yeah. to see guys get hurt. These are pretty big punches. But for me, for a loser, a, a team that took a pretty big punch, that was Tulane. Uh, yeah, they swept yep. Louisiana Tech, then uh, kind of got exposed. They got swept by Evansville. Who that was shocking. Team. They had a terrible record. I mean, good for Evansville. They, that was so good that they could have been in our winners. But I thought it was more so bad for Tulane, who was a team that people were talking top 25 about. So Is, is Schallenberger still there? Yep. Shout out to Mark Schallenberger for that. 
Mark Schallenberger. Good for and him. I'm sure he I'm sure he had a good weekend there. Yeah. All right. My next one is I've done this before, but it's me because I'm gonna start paying for the Pac-12 network once conference play starts. I really don't want to do that, but it is what it is. And it's it's expensive what we're doing here. That's all I have to say about that, truthfully. Speaking of Mr. Schallenberger, six hits over the weekend in their sweep against Tulane. Good shit. Good shit. Good stuff. Oh, very good. He had a that double plays. in all. He had a double in all three games. Even drew three walks in the Saturday game. So the Evansville Aces, they have a really good hitter in Mark Schallenberger. I mean, he's a guy who's hitting three seventy-seven. That plays on he's the ace year. Him. Yeah. Through 16 games. I mean, yeah, he's a pretty good player. As we move so. along, how about me, loser? It's going to be for me, UCLA. When we talked about a couple weeks ago, we said the Shriners College Baseball Classic is going to be a banger. And, I mean, it was. UCLA probably headlined all of it. They beat Oklahoma, Texas, and they they, they – play really well they beat long beach state before heading to that weekend but then completely stripped of all their momentum they lose two of three to usc and uh at home so that is, that is a tough scene for them and ucla a big step back in the wrong direction for them uh, i have them as a loser hopefully they can get uh some players back i know they're stunted right now by injury uh, yeah this um yeah, good for USC, though. Props to them. Like, good for the Trojans. They're doing a little better than people thought they were. But, yeah, you're right. Um, especially when it's USC, a rival like that, it's never fun to do to lose like that. Um, yeah, you said everything that you can really say about it. It's a, that, is, that is a momentum killer right there. Well, USC's 11-3, and three too. Yeah. So they, you're right. Like They're that, doing way better level. than I thought they would. I'm, so far, I've been wrong about them, for sure. Well, yeah, you, you were sleeping on them, and, and they – Oh, hold you. on. So were you, sir. Everyone was. Oh, I was too, but they're a team. I mean, all they've yeah. done is hit 13 home runs in 14 games, hitting 282 as a team with 11 wins. And, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like I like when USC is good, though. It makes it cooler. I do too. I mean, what's your next one? More serious note, and that is San Francisco firing their head coach, um, we're, uh, uh, Nino Giratano, and – They'd fired his assistant coach to Troy Nakamura for some pretty, I would say, messed up and disturbing reasons, including they have apparently, according to NBC Bay Area, an article written by, oh, it's just by the, their staff, um, Giertano and Nakamura have been accused of their players for not having pro, the NCAA also failed these guys. Where is I missing? Oh, yeah, here we go. It says, um, a history of abuse ranging from inappropriate yelling and humiliation to wildly sexualized behavior, including sexualized exercises and nudity on the field um fuck those guys like you're a scumbag for doing any of that kind of stuff and i i believe the players i don't why it would be no sense for anybody to lie about that kind of thing i'm glad the university did that it sucks for the players i'm glad the players don't have to be around those kind of scumbags anymore i remember seeing something i don't know if it was true but there's something like uh one of the guys i'm not gonna get into it but if the some of the reports that i read are true like yeah, these scumbags are pieces of garbage, and I'm glad they're gone. Sucks for the players in the university that have to find new people to coach the team, but it's better than having people like that. You can't have them around guys like that. It's brutal. Yeah, it's pretty serious stuff. And moving on from a coach. Yeah, sorry to kill the mood there. Of a season, obviously, 
difficult for everybody involved within that yeah. program. And um, interesting to see how San Fran can respond from that overall as a team. And um, props to the players for speaking up, though. Right. And obviously, I think that there's going to be probably this is going to be an ongoing story, you would yeah. think, um, about things moving along and information coming out about it, too. But certainly uh, disturbing to hear Absolutely. Um, some of the things that transpired there. For me, another loser is uh, Texas in terms of losing their weekend spot with Tanner Witt. And then also, I know that is kind of old news, but the loser in this regard for me is that they're feeling those effects now. Yeah. We we, we talked about how deep Texas was, right? But Gordon just, he isn't getting it done like they have at the front of the rotation with Hanson and Stevens. So that third spot, who is going to take the bull by the horns and be that third spot for Texas right now? Yeah. Big question mark. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Lucas Gordon's a solid player, but yeah, he's, he's just – through no fault of his own, he's simply just not Tanner Wet. Right. Not many people are. Our honorable mention is that Louis, Louisville pitcher. Yeah, that was um, an L. <laughs> uh, trying, I mean, I think it was in an L for him, though. I think it was yeah. an L for people allowing the game to go on like that. Yeah, it was snowing. It was literally snowing sideways. Like I, 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 I it's already hard enough to throw strikes. Like for me, like yeah, I, I can't like, give me perfect, give me perfect conditions, and and I, sometimes you can't hit the broad side of a barn. Absolutely. I would just throw the ball straight at the umpire. If that was yeah. The, if I mean, I don't even know if I could. I mean, yeah. Because, well, the advantage you and I had is we could see the barn. I don't think you can see the barn when it's snowing like that. Right. It's unbelievable. How about our weekend, Roto? Who do you got on Friday night? All right. Last week. My Friday one is usually with the batters. It's for the weekend, but this one's really more of just a singular day. And that's Alabama State's second baseman, Corey King, who went five for six on Sunday with eight RBIs, one walk, and two homers. That's a hell of a day. Um, I was trying to get the full weekend, but the NCAA stats that wasn't loading. But I do know he ended up with seven hits in the series, also on Sunday because of the double hit. They had a double header that day. So, um, yeah, eight RBIs in the game is going to play no matter what. That That's a hell of a day, and I think a great way to start it off. It was a great performance for me. It's, got, he's, on, he's on his king shit. Sorry, I didn't make that pun. I've got Friday night, Corey King. And so this weekend rotation, it's our one, two, three punch from performances from the past weekend. You've got Corey King of Alabama State. I've got – Number 19, Virginia's Jake Jelloff. He is still hitting four still on fire with nine home runs, which is fine, with <laughs> a 1,200 slugging, which is just leading the nation. But let's talk about what he did this past weekend. Well, this number 19 team in the country, yeah, they did have their 14-game win streak to begin the year get snapped in half to end the series in a loss versus Duke, even though they won the series because they took the first two games. He had 14 total bases during the weekend and went five of 12 with three doubles, two home runs, seven RBIs to open the series. This could have been the week, the game itself. To open the series, he had two home runs and a double with four RBIs and three runs scored in their five to nothing win. So he accounted for all their scoring. And he had 10 total bases in that game, 14 Absolutely. on the weekend. That's my Friday night guy. I don't know, Will. Okay, Will, my Saturday. 
and I'm taking my time because I know my my Campbell Campbell fans are listening right now. We all, we've seen all the home runs from this guy. My Saturday guy is none other than superstar shortstop for the Campbell Fighting Camels, Zach Neto. He went five for seven in his two games against Liberty at Liberty. He hit three moonshots, absolute bazooka bombs. And one of them we know went 451 over Liberty's scoreboard. That dude dicked on that ball. And he also had one of the, I think, a very underrated pimp job on it. Took his time out of the box, but then rounding, almost rounding third, he did a little stutter step, gets the third. Zach Neto. Hell of, a, hell of a week weekend. Wish we could have gotten all three games so I could have gotten that Campbell uh, series win. But he went five RBIs, no walks, no strikeouts. Dude was on it. He ate his weeds this weekend, to say the least. Zach Neto was just hitting nukes left and right. All three of them were absolute big man home runs. I mean, they're skyscrapers, not wall scrapers. I mean, yeah, he he raked. It was it was unbelievable, and he was just teeing off. And for those that don't know, like watch a Campbell game, like they're good. They're good, yes. And then when you specifically look at him, he isn't the most physically imposing guy. Not really. But he can, and he still is strong. And yes, rotational power is great. And but. The w- ability for him to just lay into baseball oh, is dude. so crazy to that, me. That um, first one, dude, that was just – like, even on the swing, you're like, okay, this thing's going a million miles. He crushed it. Yeah, Neto is uh, – he's a big-time beast. Um, at six foot, 185, he can do a lot of things. And oh, He's taller than that, I thought he was. Not that I thought he was, like, short, short or anything. But. I mean, and that's why he's going to repeat as Big South Player of the Year. There's my hot take. Okay, so – I love that take. Love it. I don't even know if that's hot. But for Saturday – His bad is. I've got my Saturday guy or two young individuals who did great things over the weekend, Will Sanders and Matthew Becker each go six innings for South Carolina's Gamecocks against Texas. Sanders went six innings, two earned Becker went six innings, one earned and 11 K's both shove in the final two games of the weekend. After they dropped the first game two two starting pitchers from South Carolina combined for 12 innings. Okay, and nice. 17 Ks over two starts. Give me that every single day of the week and twice on the Sunday when they take the series. So that was pretty big time stuff. That was. All right. So my Sunday guy, a guy who already talked about enough, so I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. But that's uh a guy who I've now quickly become a fan of, not only because he's got solid flow, but he throws the ball hard and has sweet stuff. But Ross Dunn for FSU, seven innings pitch, two earned runs, four hits, three walks, 14 Ks against Wake Forest. I would say more, but you guys heard it already. Like, Ross Dunn had to be on like he was I on Sunday after like the fifth inning I, I I had punched him in on the on our sheet already, so Ross Dunn's my last one I think a good one to end on the Sunday. No, he he's big time stuff and I I had the privilege to see him throw over the summer and I just saw the way he could get up to ninety five with ease, and it was just unbelievable. I mean, he he's a guy who who just can let it rip. And he's a big time player for me on a Sunday as well. And I don't know if this is just um, bias because there's a handful of guys that I'm talking about that, that we're discussing that I saw on the team that I covered over this summer. And then one of those guys, again, like Ross Dunn is Tanner Smith. He's my Sunday guy, but here's great reason behind it. 
He hit a home run to lead Oregon over number two Stanford in the series opener to lead off the top of the ninth inning. So he hits a go-ahead home run top of the ninth in the series opener, raking. It was his third game, consecutive game with a home run. He went 5 of 16 over the weekend against number two Stanford to get the big series victory. He's on a seven-game hitting streak, has 14 hits during that span, and a big-time stuff. Oregon is good. They've got some good players. Don't sleep on Adam Meyer. Don't sleep on Tanner Smith. And don't sleep on the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's a good one for sure. Oregon was hot this weekend too. Want to know who else was hot? Who? The Longhorns for just one day over the weekend. But <laughs> is this true? I mean, you had uh, the best nickname in all, all of college baseball coined by Ivan Melendez. Late, we talk about you mentioned Zach Neto laying into some balls. How about going halfway up the batter's eye for Ivan Melendez? Yeah. And then he does that in the first inning, so that kind of sets the tone for the game. Then he goes to left field, and um, something transpired on the baseball field that I don't know. I mean, we've seen many bat flips, right? We've seen Joey bats in, in the playoffs, we've seen guys just throw it up in the air on social media. But this one went towards the 6-inch mark yeah. on a slab of rubber on a hill in the middle of the infield, which is the pitcher's mound. That yeah. bat nearly made it to the pitcher's mound. What you think of that Melinda's backlit? Uh, first, I stand by the take that I don't think it's physically possible for a ball to leave Melendez's bat like below 98 miles an hour. That dude like literally murders baseballs. Um. <laughs> I get why I get I totally get why people are mad about it because like and like I don't I don't really have I don't really care if I was a pitcher I'd be pissed about it too because you know a bat flips one thing then tossing it like he didn't like I will clarify if you guys had whoever's listening and they haven't seen he didn't like throw it at the pitcher by any means but he just launched his bat in the air. Um I have heard of things though too that Carolina was chirping some awful things that, throughout the game and saying with the fans there. So maybe it's a little like uh retaliate not retaliation, but like a little F you to the fans from Melendez for that. Um, no one got hurt. Nothing happens. So that's always a good thing. I get where people are coming from. That's disrespectful. I don't have, I love it as a fan. Cause it's just fun to watch, but I totally get like, if you're the pitcher, I'd be pissed too. You know? Well, my thought on it too, is that I, the fans definitely were talking stuff. The players yeah. were talking stuff, but that's college baseball environments. When you, yeah, no, out. I'm saying I heard it was like a little more than like, is an exceptional amount or like saying they're no, saying some and, crazy and things. It certainly was. I mean, I saw something where they were wearing out Trey Faltini all weekend long. And then he went up to that fan after the game and signed a baseball and gave it to him. And the fan just was like, I got to take this L. I don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> but, but it, I mean, certainly I, I, I get the talking stuff. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting because let's turn back the clock to one of uh, I think one of the coolest bat flips um, I've ever seen in college baseball. It was last year game was tied five to five Texas, Mississippi state college world series. And he just, as soon as he swung the bat, he bat flipped it. Like yeah. you, how much, and he did that kind of on this one too. And I think he almost just let go of it so early yeah. that like it just happened to go to the pitcher's mound as well. I can, yeah. I, I can see that. And sure. it, when you let go of it like that early, you have to be you have to be hung <laughs> to do that because it yeah. might not go out. 
it might not go out, but when he jolts it, it is going out. So it was an emphatic bat flip. Um, I mean, you hit two home runs in the game and completely yeah. smashed both. When you hit the batter's eye, to be honest, you can do yeah, go ahead. In life. You can do anything in life if you do that. So yeah, I mean, if there was, if there was I, a homework to do, it was kind of comedy when I saw it at first because I don't really have a dog in the fight in this Same. regard, like for either team. Um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, may, maybe across the line going towards the pitcher's mound. Like I've seen videos of guys hitting home runs, holding the bat, walking like halfway yeah. to first, and throwing it. 20 feet in the air that's, that's way actually, that'd be like air quotes way worse than what melendez did in my that opinion. is heinous and that's out of line but what melendez did like i don't think that intent of just showing yeah. off like was there as much as i've seen in other bat flips but i mean it did have some range it, it did, it did. Really get to the pitcher mound and I mean, also the only other factor that you look when you break down this little play in a nine inning game when there's 27 outs, but we analyze this one bat flip is that um, he hit a tank off of a freshman too. He's a big time yeah. junior. And, and I don't know. It's just like, sometimes people hate on Texas just because they are so good. Yep. And uh, that, I think that that probably is what South Carolina was yeah. feeling over the weekend. And obviously like you're going to get everybody's Super Bowl. And hey, hey, and maybe it worked for South Carolina. Yeah, they, they won. Stuff. They won the series. They won this. They won the next. <laughs> they had the last lap. So, so I mean, I'm that at, was big. Uh, yeah, that was big, and obviously that's a great segue into talking about the rankings because with Texas losing, uh, they dropped down in the rankings, and based off who you care about, what you look at, whether it's Baseball America or USA Today, um, they, they're down to number three in uh, the ncbwa they're down to number two in d1 baseball and uh, the consensus number one team now ole miss then vanderbilt then texas then arkansas and then coming in at number five oregon state, state the beavers oregon's i mean that, that that is one that's impressive to me just because i mean they've kind of ascended into that top five so quickly this year and quietly truthfully I, they've been good and they've been playing good games but like i don't really hear you don't really hear as much about them as these other teams would use uh, listed off there right and another team that is high on that list i know you're high on notre dame and then following them tennessee a team i'm even higher on <laughs> tennessee and tennessee you're even higher on and then the team that i was talking about literally all year was LSU and how I think they're potentially a team that can win a national championship just because they have so their talent is just so good and yeah. their team that's 13 and three right now they've won four games in a row and they're 12 and 0 at home they're a 12 and 0 at home team and Jacob Berry hit a Matt talk about um, laying into a baseball and I knew that we weren't really going to talk about the LSU because they played Bethune Cookman this past weekend. So if they, I mean, the only way we talk about them is if they did lose, but yeah. um, I mean, they're sick. And then Liberty at 14 is pretty cool. Um, Florida state at 12, Stanford at 11, Florida at 10, Virginia at 16, uh, Arizona 17, North Carolina 18. And this is a, this is a weighted composite rankings. This is taking, Every yeah. single site's rankings and then taking the net of that. Um, yep. Some of them could be different than others, but I know that you have Arizona, 
North Carolina, Clemson, Georgia, all inside that top 20. And then to round out the top 25, TCU, Maryland, Mississippi State at 23. At number 24, Texas State, Gonzaga rounding it out at 25 with Old Dominion, Miami, UCLA, USC, and Southern Miss all on kind of that outside looking in with Purdue, Long Beach State, UConn, and South Carolina receiving votes. NC State, UCLA, and Tulane all did drop out of that top 25. Paul, what sticks out to you in terms of these rankings? Um, I don't really have any qualms with most of it, um, mainly because it's still a tiny bit early. Uh, if there's one thing to change, I'm Speaking about the uh, composite, too, so not any individual one that's ranked here. I would definitely slide up Mississippi State out of the top 25, especially with Tan- oh, that, not Tanner Smith, um, Landon Sims being out for the year. Like He really was like not a guaranteed Friday win, but like there's a very few pitchers who can give you a chance to win like uh, Landon Sims does. I'd kick Mississippi State out, slide up Texas State, Gonzaga spot, and I'd give either – the two teams I would actually consider at top the 25th spot would be Old Dominion or Miami. Like those are both really two good squads. I'd probably get to Old Dominion because I think, if I'm not mistaken, they only have one loss on the year still, and they're they're just a good team in general. We talked about them in our um, just like uh, other schools podcast uh, earlier in the season. Like I like Old Dominion's good. I think they deserve to be in the top 25. That's the, the only real like issue I have with this list. And this is a composite rankings here for week four. One thing that I think is just interesting when we look at this in the big picture is like, I think that the jury is still out for some people on Arkansas. I know that they're, yeah, they're, they're, I'm not super confident in them right now. Not that that they're a bad team, but not they're third right now in the D one baseball rankings, but it's just interesting to see kind of the differences. And then also I think that for say a team like Virginia, they're ranked 19th in the D1 rankings, and then Baseball America has them at fifth. And obviously, you're four weeks in, you'll look up and down, and there's going to be some big differences. But Arkansas and Virginia are kind of two teams that I think are quality teams, obviously deservingly to be ranked, but they're viewed at in much different regards in terms of different polls. I mean, Virginia is inside the top five in some polls, and then – yeah out nearly t- past 20 and others and then same with uh arkansas yeah i guess maybe one other thing i'd do is i guess like flip fsu and stanford just because like fsu i thought looked very good against wake forest that series well fsu is like, another interesting team it's like are they a top they could be higher team? are they a fringe th- top 25 team like what are i don't they? think it's crazy to say fsu is as in like right now as we're doing this FSU is a better team than LSU. I know you'll disagree with that, but FSU's pitching is just fantastic. And after really getting to see a full series out of them against like, like Rhett Lowder is a good pitcher. Josh Harrell is a good pitcher. Like they're younger, but they're still good. They're good talent for Wake Forest. And like the bats look good. Like I was I mean, impressed I by it. FSU, and they're, and they're not, they don't even have Tyler Martin right now. I think FSU is better in Tennessee and Georgia Tech. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. Tennessee is legit, they, but FSU has better like games played so far. Tennessee is concerning because they're so young, like, but also it's kind of sick because they're so young. Jared and they're missing some big pitchers too. And Dallander and Ben Joyce. And they're, they're they're just amazing. Like Tennessee is fun. And so, yeah, but speaking of that, what are your hot takes coming up for the weekend before we get into our Sandlot spotlight where we pick five games and pray and hope that I get some right. So I don't get buried too much. No, you were good this week. I don't, I, I haven't, Checked off. I'll post it later today. But um, you were, uh, I think you had, you might, I think you had one more win than I did this week. Um, I only have one hot take because I don't, I just don't have anything that really strikes my or grabs my attention, I should say, right now. 
But I'm going to say Purdue splits their four games with Illinois State, assuming we have the weather for them to play all four games at this rate. That's an amazing hot take. My hot take is that I get every pick right in our Sandlot spotlight this week. I like that. I like. That. I hope it's not right because that means I'm wrong about a few games. Well, actually, I mean, oh, take that back. Uh, you can be right all you want because we have the exact same. Oh, well, I'll wait. I'll hold off. I don't know why I'm teasing that yet. And we don't have the exact same either. So Sandlot spotlight. Mm-hmm. I've got Miami at Clemson. And I'm just going to go with my pick. Miami. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah, uh, I'm taking Clemson. They've done me well in the past. I do like Miami. Um, the, I watch them in the Florida series. Like, they're good. Like, you know, I'm a big um, Carson Ligon guy. And I like Palm, Palm Quist a lot. Yo-Yo Morales is sweet. I'm also like, yeah, I like Miami. This was, this is, of all the ones we have on here, this is the one I had the hardest time picking. I'm going to go Clemson, though. Because hopefully it gives me a little bit of an edge. I really do like Clemson. I believe in both of them a lot. That should be a good series. Really fun one. It definitely should be a good one. How about South Carolina? Just had a really big series. They did. <laughs> at our Electric Factory, Tennessee. Who do you got? Or I'll um, go first this time. No, I went first last time. You go first. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, we have said we have sung the praises of South Carolina today. I just simply think Tennessee is the better baseball team. And I'm not going to bet against those volunteers in my center fielder for Chuck Cheese and elite true Gilbert. Like I'm taking Tennessee for sure. Should be a fun series though to watch. And that's also one of our spotlight ones too. Well, it's they're all spotlights, but one of the ones to really watch. One of the ones that will break down as well. Yes. And yes. that's why I got Tennessee for that's coming for the next podcast. If you guys haven't got the format down yet, I mean, I, we're, we're, we're happy for our consistent listeners yeah. that continue to grind with us. But we break yeah. down a series. We give you our winners and losers. We give you our weekend rotation. We have some talk about some other topics, and then we get into our picks. And, and hopefully some interviews some soon. Picks. And, and we're going to get some interviews coming up soon with some big-time college baseball D1 names. So uh, stay locked in completely. But, yes, I have Tennessee as well. I, I say they sweep. Okay, let's move along. Oh, you say they sweep. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's just kind of a – it's like calling out your bank shot you pick okay so i got old miss at auburn and i mean i've got old miss it doesn't matter to me that they're on the road Uh, they're a really good baseball team and they're gonna be really good this coming weekend as well yeah roll miss the number one team in the nation now um does hurt though that kevin graham's out for a month with i think a fractured wrist that's brutal but you have mccann's yeah. But they're only 13 and two right now. So they have yeah. shown that they can be a little vulnerable, you know, 13 yeah. and two. You've only won 13 of your first 15 games. And, and, and you've just got some guys that can rake in your lineup, like Justin Bench and TJ McCants and Regan Buford and Jacob Gonzalez. I mean, Tim Elko only has Elk, seven man. home runs right now. So, and, and I'm he, sure he has like 800. Uh, grand slam still somehow too you know how it works but my favorite player on their team is a guy who only has five at bats and that's taiwan yeah <laughs> baby this is a pro taiwan malone podcast for sure absolutely yeah no you're right kevin Grimm. that's a massive loss i mean but good games. that he will be back Right, but th- he, he was hitting 308 through 10 games, started yeah. all 10 of them, obviously, and had four home runs during that span. He was a big-time baller. We uh, should get we him on the pod. Got, we should. We've both got Ole Miss, and now we move along. You pick first, Fullerton at UCSB. 
So Cal Fullerton versus UCSB. This I wanted this to make us one of the games we break down next week, but I know it's the Friday game is not on TV. And I'm just not going to listen to radio. That's not how I'm going to be doing this. Dude, um, what? Yeah. Well, I didn't see it on like the sheet I, that um, Auburn guy on Twitter uses, and I didn't see it on their website. It said listen to. But anyways, we off top. Listen to some radio. Radio. No, I, it is. But I'd rather watch if I can. I know. I know. I know. Um. Was oh yeah. Wow, I do love my fighting camels a lot, and I love the fighting camel. I also, I have there's a lot of room, there's a lot of love in my heart, and I love the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos, and I, my boy Jordan Sprinkle. I got UCSB for sure. Fullerton's not a great squad this year, not yet traditional power like they are. I'm Why taking are you the bringing Gauchos. Because I, I want them to know that, like, I have enough room to love both these teams. Man, well, I like I like UCSB too. I mean, the Gauchos have won five straight. Yeah, they're rolling. And, I mean, they just beat UC San Diego, so you can't exactly. hit on them. Not I, at I, all. I got, I got them winning over Fullerton, too. Um, it's tough, Will. UC Santa Barbara Gauchos, they're pretty sick. They've got a guy named Jordan Sprinkle who does some pretty cool th- things at the plate. Indeed. Um, he's only a sophomore. I mean, he's on Team USA last year. Yeah. He's pretty good. So, something um, slight, you know. How about now our next one? And this might be my lock of the week. Or Arizona State. Arizona State at Oregon State. I got Oregon State um, outscoring them by over 20 runs for the weekend, like combined net score. That's what you're calling it. You're calling that? Yep. Okay. I lo- that's bold. That's bold, but I like I don't hate that. Um it's another hot take of mine. I too have Oregon State. I don't think I'm gonna be as bold as Will here and say Oregon State wins by more than 20 runs on the weekend. Arizona State, the solid squad. Uh, shout out to Mizzou that they won their series against Arizona State last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I'm taking the Beavers. The Beavers are sweet. We just talked about them all in our top 25 rankings. Oregon State's legit. They're a power program. Arizona State's not like rebuilding, but like they're still, I think, figuring some stuff out. I think Beavers as well, but I'm not going to be calling anything crazy like Will is right here. Well, that just about does it. Uh, midweek podcast breaking down week four. We'll have some interviews coming up here pretty soon. Stay supportive of us. Send stuff our way. Um, we might have merch dropping soon. So you, you oh. really got to just lock in on our on the podcast. Subscribe, like, rate, review, comment, repost. Yeah, follow us on social media. And then follow us on social media, the Midweek Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter. And also and TikTok. And TikTok. And I don't TikTok have TikTok as well. I posted like twice on there, but we still have TikTok, just saying. So we're trying to get out there and just spread the game of college beach baseball Absolutely. Our, our deepest love in our life. So with that being said, and without further ado, for Charlie Bornoff, I'm Will Khan, and that is the midweek pod. I took your weak dream and choked it out. Your bitch don't really got no ass. She just poked it out on the D Lo. I'm saying you versus me, yo. We can do this shit right here in front of your people. See time is money, kid. And BS walks. And to me, it's funny, kid, when you meet heads.